Welcome to Conversations with Mother Earth, brought to you by Grounded Press. My name is Dana Petrovich, and each week my guests and I explore one aspect of Mother Earth and the gifts that she gives us. We also discuss why these gifts are so precious and why we should value them. You got you curious? Good. We love curiosity. Let's begin. Dear listeners and viewers, should you be hearing this episode on of Conversations with Mother Earth anywhere from anywhere in the Northern Hemisphere, then soon you will possibly be treated with your first frigid winter frost. And if you are in the Southern Hemisphere, then perhaps you are already starting to feel the scorching rays from the summer, summer sun higher in the sky. In either case, you will want to seek shelter indoors in the comfort of your home. However, home is not only a place where we shelter from the weather. It is also a place where our memories, be it joyful or unhappy moments, are shared and sheltered with our loved ones. Above all, home is ideally a place where we feel safe. Yet, as we discussed a few episodes back in our conversation with the courageous war refugee and young activist Mohammed Najem, over 80 million of our fellow human citizens do not have a home, thus denying so many of uh, of their basic need, human need, and what ought to be a human right to be a shelter, to have a shelter protection and a sense of dignity. My guest today is Kriya Joyoad Hiningrad, sorry Kriya, <laughs> who is an architect and leads a foundation called Slime Fighters International based in the Netherlands and operating across the world. My husband and I met Kriya some, what, 10 years back in the Netherlands and have been following his work ever since. Kriya, very welcome <laughs> to Conversations with Mother Earth. And sorry that I mispronounced your last name. No, I think you, you did it great. And uh, thanks for the introduction. And uh, nice to be here. Kriya. Uh, slum Fighters International um, has the goal to eradicate slums worldwide, a very ambitious goal. Tell us about your work and the countries in which you operate. Um, yeah, that, that's a very good question. And um, yeah, first of all, it might be a, bit, a little bit strange to be, to be based in the Netherlands. And I was always thinking about why, um, because our, our goal is to... Um, uh, yeah, we, we have quite a complicated goal. We want to help people living in slums uh, to to get a better living. And um, yeah, on the one hand, you have to um, yeah help their uh, technical needs. Let's say yeah. So you, you mentioned shelter against the, the cold. Well, it's it's getting cold here in the Netherlands, um, uh, or a shade against the, the heat. Um, 
but that's only part of the the the, the process. Um, with my background as, as an architect, I have a keen understanding of how to how to realize this. Um, but in most cases, what's very uh, important is the status. Is it formal or informal? And to help people overcome that barrier, that's uh, quite a well a complicated negotiation process. And uh, we conducted uh, research in uh, cities like uh, Dakar and Kigali, uh, also in Nairobi and Sao Paulo, uh, to to find out what we could do. And um, yeah, already before the the COVID crisis uh, entered, it, it was quite a struggle for different reasons. Yeah, so you have to deal with uh, existing uh inhabitants but also the the municipality you also have people yeah. who are still looking for a place to live as you mentioned with the, the the homeless people i i hope the number is as low as you mentioned I, it could be more right it's it's very hard especially those are war refugees those are just displaced ones these are not the ones that are voluntarily seeking jobs in cities yeah yeah, true, and and it, it's it's very hard to keep track because the the status is unclear, and uh, yeah. uh, when when nobody feels responsible because they are not registered or don't have uh, an official um, yeah belonging, let, let's say, uh, that's difficult. And what we try to do with slum fighters is to uh, to engage first of all, and to listen, and to 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 look, and to try to understand what's going on. Uh, and then to to find a way to uh, find yeah get get to some kind of win win situation because in the end uh, and that's what we believe um, it's better when we are together than when we are apart and fighting amongst each other and and blaming uh, and that's that's what what's happening too much and too often. Yes, unfortunately, unfortunately, it does yes. And you probably you mentioned this with municipalities and. Other places, you probably encounter all sorts of uh, uh, hurdles along the way, obstacles, um, bureaucratic ones or or agenda, different agendas uh, going in different directions. Um, Yes. And and, and that's just on the surface. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, It doesn't matter where you where you go, even even in the Netherlands, we have, let's say, a rich history of uh, slums. Like a uh, hundred years ago, uh, half of the Dutch population was still living in slums, and people oh, forget wow. about it. And um, that that was one of the few upsides of, let's say, the, the Second World War that we really had to um, rebuild. And that was a time when a lot of um, improvement was was, was made. Uh, and and the last slums, for example, in Amsterdam, were were only. Um, renovated or renewed in in the in the seventies of of the last century, so yeah, that's nineteen nineteen seventy something. That's ironic. That's ironic that there's a colonial power and a rich country had slums for such a long time, isn't it? Yes, um, but I think what's really at at the core of things um, when when you don't consider your own population as a whole, um, but you see yourself sitting at the top, it's comfortable and. Um, if you don't really care who is there at the bottom, who could use your help, yeah, well, then then you get this situation of slums. I, I think it's a result uh, very similar to why why do we still have homeless people uh, in a country like the Netherlands? Uh, that's also very similar. We we still have homeless people today. Yeah. That's true. Uh, uh, this uh, just from from our listeners uh, and for me, this might be a naive question, but 
generally, let's go at, at, the, at the core of the problem or how do we, how do slums get into existence in the first place? How does it occur that they grow and grow and that they start and then they grow mm. and grow and grow? Yeah, usually um, uh, it, it starts usually with, um, it can be a small lead. For example, in, in Sao Paulo, um, uh, we uh, are in contact with, uh, par- yeah, with this um, community of uh, Parisopolis and it, it really translates to uh, the paradise city. But uh, it started when they uh, started building a, a big stadium there. Of course, yeah, you know, Sao Paulo has many stadiums. Uh, they love to play football and love to watch it. And um, because it's such a big project, uh, people um, are invited to, to come and work there by, by the hundreds, right? And uh, instead of just going in and out, uh, uh, commuting, um, they start to set up camp close by. And at that time, this was really... Um, like farmland, it was it, it was not really densely built yet. Um, so people would would find a place and and um, would even start by asking somebody, can we can we set up a camp here, right? And that's how it starts uh, usually um, with some informal agreement, and they say, okay, sure, go ahead. But people settle, and then more people arrive and say, hey, um, is there still some place? Okay, yeah, you can stay in my backyard and set up camp there, and years pass by and and sure yeah slowly but surely it, it um grows into a really well um very similar city as as we have for example in the in the, in the historic uh, centers of european cities mm-hmm. um and so i think it's one 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 part is um there's opportunity and there are people who are getting into it but there is uh, a lack of understanding and um willingness of let's say, a government to incorporate it. They just don't care. So that that's where it gets separated because I think the opportunity and the, uh, um, also the proactive way of people taking care of themselves is something that should be applauded and should be supported, but it is not. It is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned, Kriya, a moment ago, and I, as I said in the introduction, you are educated as, as an architect. From mm-hmm. your perspective, tell us what does the concept of home mean to us humans? Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's it, that's a deep one. I think. I, I mean, it's much more than just food and shelter. Um, yes. I, I think, in short, you can say home is where, where the heart is. Yeah, home is where you feel at home. And um, yeah, although it doesn't really uh, add. Uh, in meaning, in 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 saying it in words, we all have a sense of what home is, and uh, yeah, it, it's a very personal thing. In the end, I, I was really thinking about it when you sent me the, the the question before, and I'm still pondering about it because it can be very physical, like like having beautiful room arrangements, having pleasant daylight filtering in your home, familiar smells, but it can be also completely in, independent of the physical and and depend completely on the people you're with. And when I was thinking about this, I imagined, I mean, we have a very, very nice home. Uh, I live together with my wife and my two daughters. Uh, but would it still be a nice home when they wouldn't be there, right? I was also imagining this. So it's it's really and, 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 because, well, it's really nice that we are there. We are safe. We have a place where we can 
put our belongings and, and we can recognize our, our memories in, in certain artifacts that we collected. Um, so it's really the combination of all. And yeah. it, it can also be a little bit sad because, well, there are people even in rich countries who never feel at home or they maybe feel at home somewhere else. They feel more at home at work or they feel at home when they are with, with their friends sailing on a boat. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So home is, is a very personal thing. And that um, it made me also realize and reminded me that uh, in order to make a home for somebody else, you really have to um, imagine uh, standing in someone's shoes and, and, and understanding what makes somebody tick, right? Yeah. Um, Exactly. Yeah, exactly. This is the part of the process that you have to go through as an architect. You can't just be creative. It's not like a painter. You can't just draw a house. You have to, as you said, you have to create a home for somebody else. That's the responsibility of an architect. Right. And it's also not just a matter of, uh, of, of the, 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 let's say, the technical challenge, right? A couple of years ago, I, I designed a single family home for uh uh, uh, yeah, people I was introduced to on the other side of my hometown in Utrecht, and they expressed the desire to to build completely in in massive wood construction. And um, I never did it before, but I took on a challenge. And um, well, of course, that is an interesting challenge. But at the same time, um, yeah, I I needed to know who are they, and um, also who who do they want to be. And um, you have to to be able to win somebody's trust enough that you know, well, they had two kids at that moment, but I needed to know basically if they had any family wishes, even before maybe their most trusted um, family members would would, would know. Um, and, and, and also small things like the, the youngest one was afraid at night. So um, the two bedrooms of the kids were not separated. Um, but we took into account that it could be separated in the future. And it's, it's these fine finesses that, that um, really make the difference that you can make as an architect uh, from, 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 yeah, uh, making sure that the kids can sleep at night to making sure the, 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 the building stays standing up. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, standing up is one of the things that doesn't happen for much of the time here in China. Um, which is uh, which kind of uh, there's a story to this, um, and this is one of the reasons why I selected architecture as a topic for conversations with Mother Earth, of what we experienced, my husband and I uh, here in Shenzhen. We were walking on a beach, and um, it was a spectacular sight. The, the you know um, of this the landscape it was spectacular, but the beach it's and on the beach itself there were scattered remnants of houses, uh, bricks, pieces of wall plaster, ceramic tiles, and sometimes even broken pieces of wood that were around somebody's furniture. And it made me uh, feel despondent, I have to admit. It reflected that, you know, these discarded fragments once sheltered a family's laughter, you know, hopes and dreams. They came together, they had a beautiful moment. Children were felt loved behind these walls. Um, and now these leftovers were cuddled by the waves of the South China Sea. Priya, what are your thoughts uh, on how homes and ent- even entire neighborhoods can so quickly become ruins, debris? 
Well, it, 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 first of all, yeah, it, it makes me humble yeah, to realize that um, we are here on this planet and, and, and basically we're dust in the wind. And um, I think it's also maybe a part of, partly a cultural thing. Um, I grew up in the Netherlands, but um, yeah, of course, my, my parents are from Indonesia. And I think in Asia, there's also a different um, connotation to, to, let's say, durability or uh, sustainability. Um, in Europe, we tend to, to try to fix things uh, set in stone, while... For example, in in uh, on some islands in Indonesia, they would like build a temple from local uh, wood taken from the forest, and they would do that every year, and then they will ceremonially, ceremoniously uh, burn it down, even. Um, but the, the the act of uh, repeating it over and over again, and do it in such a way that it it can be renewed. Um, yeah, that's also a way of, uh, of of persisting. But yeah, when you when you, yeah your experience of walking down the beach and seeing the 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 the, the, the remnants of um, of a house of a place where people had nice experiences, well, yeah, that yeah again that makes you really humble that you have to cherish the the the, the good moments that you have together, um, and. Um, I think it 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 is also when when you can do it intentionally, um, like uh, in Indonesia when they take down the temple, it's very different than when you don't have the choice. It it makes me think when when I was in in, in Senegal in in Dakar, um, we went to uh, the neighborhood of Jida Charoikau, which is uh, located in uh, uh, well basically in the center of the the the, the capital, and in the 1980s people came there and settled there because there were like open spaces in the middle of the city and well, they, they just went there because uh, they, uh, their crops failed due to a drought period in, in the country. And um, they didn't realize that they were settling the bottom of a lake. And when the rain started again, when the patterns restored um, they were submerged basically. So when we were going through the area, we were showed around by uh, let's say the first generation that settled there uh, an, an old man of, well, old man, sixty-five something, um, and his house was basically submerged in mud, two meters high. And he he could recount all his memories and all the good times they had eating together with friends. And so, it's gone. Um, the memory is still there, but the sad thing is that he didn't have the choice of um, he didn't really have the choice of leaving it behind. He 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 would have liked to stay. So that that makes me a little bit sad um yeah i don't know if it makes sense uh, but yes it does a lot it does a lot but because this is what we faced also in other places with the floodings in germany and china so many people also lost their homes this year because of the floods simply took them away like like a house of cards so it's just it's gone yes yeah and if you imagine really when 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 you finally succeed to to the bank home eh? and and we, we established it. i mean that is something that that takes a lot uh, uh, and then to see it removed gone in in yeah. in, in in seconds it's yeah heartbreaking i think yes yeah. it's heartbreaking it is heartbreaking yeah this is exactly what people experienced and the stories are truly horrendous um 
So yeah, this is um, we have to also read Mother Earth. We also read have to read where can we where can where should we build? Where can be a flooding possible flooding? We like the river view, of course, or the ocean view, but this is now one of the areas where we may face I might face some danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and on the other hand, when when you succeed to to um, well, you have sometimes have these old buildings, uh, even in the Netherlands that are hundreds of years old, and you walk in streets that are also hundreds of years old. And when you walk there, you realize, okay, the the stones are still standing, but you know there are so many generations of people that have gone through this and and made their home there. But due to to age, they they had to leave this world, right? So that also makes me sometimes little realize just when when i'm i'm standing against a wall and 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 really taking that moment of, of taking it in that well yeah we're just we're just visitors here we're just visitors we're just visitors i had that the other the other day i was thinking about us as a shooting stars and i realized we actually our, our lifespan is the the, the moment the 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 time we see the shooting star in the sky, <laughs> just that that moment while this, the shooting star is lit up, this is actually our time on Earth. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another topic um, that uh, also inspired me um, to add architecture to the conversations on Mother Earth was another institution that I visited four years ago. I was invited to be a speaker by the CEO of European Sustainability Academy. Her name is Sharon Jackson. I mentioned this institution in the first episode because I met the first speaker um, that weekend on Crete in Greece. When I visited uh, ESA back then, I realized that the whole building was built by natu from natural materials right there where the building stood. So what happened was they took soil, they took the, the soil from uh, where the building is going to be and baked it into bricks right there on the spot. And then they used, of course, this and straw and wood and all of this to, to create the building. And Sharon, of course, writes and talks about the health benefits of natural buildings that have no chemicals have no um, no lacks or or colors that are that are bad for our health so Priya, what are your thoughts on uh, constructing buildings from natural materials and of course the affordability of this option mm. yeah it, basically it makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense to use what is available to you um, and um, as an architect so it was not understood uh slum fighters yet but uh, with my studio rosa um uh, we were uh invited to make a design for a restaurant in 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 the andes in peru uh, and there we applied a similar uh yeah method of um applying local mud with straw and then uh, i think it's uh, at least in, in peru they were just dried in the sun they were not even baked um and it's really a beautiful material in 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 the technical sense. You uh, you, you really have massive wall quality, so the, the sound of it is 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 nice. Um, uh, but but the walls also literally breathe, yeah, and they regulate the indoor air quality. And well, the air is so important. I mean, we how often do you breathe? 
Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah, and and if it's if it's all clean and and natural, um, yeah, that's obviously fine. That's that's good for you. But if you have all these um, solvents uh, gassing out from from glues and from uh, strange uh, chemical uh, compounds, uh, that that impacts you directly. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the affordability—that's that's, that's an, another thing. Yeah, it's it's not only a matter of cost uh, because I mean the, the costs were were very comparable. Uh, uh, also, because it, it was a three kilometers high, it was kind of hard to reach. So it made sense to to use the the, the local uh, materials and also the local uh, labor because basically the neighbors built uh, this uh, this building. But what you what you notice in in Peru is that um, usually like regular local clients, um, they have uh, an idea that this um, this technology is inferior because they see in 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 pictures and magazines and if you go to to, to the capital of Lima, everything is concrete and glass and very similar. Yeah, when when you don't read the signs, it it could be. Uh, yeah, like yeah, a city. European or a, a yeah. metropolitan city. So um, people don't value the the result as much as um, as it would be with, let's say, the the conventional material choice of uh, reinforced concrete and and so on. Uh, but I was lucky that my client was uh, or still is a not for profit NGO in in Peru, and they value that local labor and the local ecology sound materials. Um, and uh, also it, it fits their mission because the restaurant is, is oversized so they can use it to train the next generation of uh, chefs and, and other restaurant related staff like um, waiters and, and bartenders. Uh, and, and they are actually the, like the, the young adults that they already gave shelter when they were still young kids uh, living in the streets. Um, so, so th this was a very compatible, um, client architect, um, uh, project and, and you need that. Yeah. So I, I can say as an architect, well, this is really the best way to go. Uh, but also in the Netherlands, you, you, uh, w when I was building that, that, that wooden house, people were s a little bit suspicious, maybe even like, why wood? And uh, that's not how we do it. I mean, yeah, you have to use bricks or concrete. Even yeah. going to the municipality, they, they would say, well, the technical qualities. And you have well-documented uh, uh, proof that it works. Um, and now it's realized it's, 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 it's great. But still, there is this doubt that people say, well, it, is it, isn't it still inferior to... Well, let's say the, the the way that we like to see it or we used to see it. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's that that, that impacts the affordability uh, in the, on the value side, yeah, yeah. the benefit side. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing the pictures of that. That's a beautiful project you did. I remember you shared the the, the photos. It's a few years back. I mm -hmm. remember seeing that. That was that was really interesting. Um, um, but it's interesting also what you mentioned, and this is what, what uh, we have to fight with when we also talk about the circular economy, because I teach that in my capacity as a university professor, the change of the mindset to value natural materials again, 
to see them as something that is good for our health and not uh, chemical infested uh, products that we normally buy just because everybody else bought them. This is what we have to overcome as well. This is a good point that you mentioned. Yeah. Everybody is doing it, so we have to do it as well, no matter how harmful it is for us. Right, and and what I find bizarre is is actually how quickly we um, adapted concrete and and so on. Because at, at the start, it that was actually experimental, and we had a rich tradition. Even in a country like the Netherlands, we have a rich tradition of using local materials. But at a certain stage, we decided to go for, I don't know, fancy images and, 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 and gr uh, big promises. Um, yeah, 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 that's, that's indeed, that's, that's indeed the case. And now we have the highest, um, construction industry is the higher, one of the highest polluters, even worse than the airline industry for regarding the emissions. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, um, it is a, we have a lot of work ahead of us, actually, I believe, to overcome all that. Um, but I think my listeners will want, uh, are curious about you now and will want to know more about slum fighters because as, they, as, as you notice, my dear listeners, you see that architecture is way more than just designing and sketching a building in which we might live and work. And it gives us, uh, fulfills our personal need for shelter. So... Kriya, how can we support your work? How can we support Slum uh, Fighters International? How can we support those who are struggling to find shelter? Um, <clears throat> it, it's uh, a difficult question at, at this moment directly for the, the organization Slum Fighters. Um, we are a little bit stuck in, in some projects, uh, also because uh, traveling is, is hard now and... Um, uh, also, the, for example, the circumstances in Brazil are uh, government-wise not uh, favorable for, um, let's say, uh, a harmonious and um, inclusive approach. Um, but what you can do is, is basically um, take up our way of, um, let's say, looking at, at each other instead of of of, of pointing the finger and, and blaming the other side of, well, but they are uh, soiling our streets because, well, you know, the, all these prejudice about, about homeless people or, or, or people in slums, um, that's harmful because when you approach somebody uh, pointing a finger at them, you will poke them in the eye and you can never really uh, get close. But also the other way around because, because of all the, the, the hurt and trauma and, 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 and bad experiences, they are also suspicious of the government and municipality. So um, basically you could help by um, investing your attention and, and start by listening and asking questions because you really want to know the answer and and then figure out if there's a way that you can connect it with well maybe somebody else who is also looking for a better world but doesn't know exactly how mm -hmm. and um yeah because we are forced to to look closer to home i'm uh, also teaching here at the university of applied sciences in uh, almere and um here i'm also yeah um uh, stimulating my students and next period we start again with a project where i um first friendly but forcefully uh, get them out of the door of the, the, the academic uh, building and send them into the neighborhoods where we are looking at um, how we can improve an existing neighborhood 
And although it's not a slum, uh, not by far, um, you will notice that by engaging and by listening, you find out that there are many challenges, let's say, or many opportunities for improvement. Because, yeah, there are also human beings. There are people who maybe lost a loved one. They're living alone. Or maybe somebody's dealing with health issues or somebody's... Well, there can be a lot of things. And just by asking, hey, who are you? Where, where are you from? And um, how can I help you? Um, mm. it, 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 yeah, it will give you a lot of um, windows of opportunity to, to, to make somebody else's life better. And then the students come back. And then they make projects that are still technically sound as we teach them, but they have a sense of, of connection of, of um, uh, they have a, a reason why they are, are, are going to, 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 to do something um, which they can really um, uh, embrace with, with, with their whole heart, not just for the points, not just because it stands up, but because it makes sense. Yes. And a project suddenly has a soul. Yes. Exactly what we also look in all of the other art forms to find the soul in inside all that. A beautiful, yeah. beautiful project. I'm glad you're doing that with students because this is the next generation of leaders. They'll be, uh, they will, you are influencing them for the rest of their lives. The next generation of architects designing yeah. other people's homes. Yeah, and and this maybe also when, um, yeah, I started traveling a lot. And, and engaging with all these people from from Africa, from Asia, from uh, Latin America, I think um, at, at a certain stage it became a pattern to me that once once you get to know each other enough, you realize, hey, we are we are well, we are together basically. We are not the same, but we are together. And you don't have to travel far to have that experience. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you you can you can find it like with your next door neighbor or somebody across the street or somebody you meet just somebody you, you didn't even know before yeah. um, and, and to discover it time and time again. I mean, that is, that's really fulfilling. That is, that sounds very fulfilling. I just tell my students, there's a, a quote by Mark Twain that I love so much. And it says, we are all the same on the inside. And this is what I like to tell my students. We are all the same on the inside. We are all in this together. There is no separation because we have to resolve these problems or, um, what's the joy of life if we see other human beings suffering? Yeah, Kriya, yeah. you, 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 know, you know I'm a big fan of your work, so I, mean, I could go on listening to you for a very long time, but I have to uh, conclude today's conversation. My uh, listeners, you can find Kriya on LinkedIn. He shares from time to time some of his works there. Where else can we find you? Um, well, uh, slumfighters.org uh, has a website and also my, uh, my, my purely architectural uh, practice has a website too. That's studiorosa.eu. Um, and uh, of, yeah, I'm teaching here at the uh, Windesheim University of Applied Sciences in Almere, which is close to Amsterdam. And this is the, the city which hosts the, the Floriade, um, like the World Expo. Um, that's also yeah recommended to 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 visit because yeah very important themes for the future uh, circular building or circular economy and and sustainable material use but also uh, uh, connected with the 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 social uh, and, and affordable uh, aspects of of realizing something 
um, yeah, so I'm enthusiastic that, well, that's happening here in the city too. Beautiful. It's wonderful. That is exactly what I want to bring to other places around, around the world, exactly the, the issue of the circular economy. So wonderful. Thank you so much for taking your time today, Kriya. Thank you so much for this very soulful, deep conversation today. Yeah, well, thank you for inviting me. It's a joy also to to, to talk like this and, and, and to listen and to, to share uh, thoughts and to find out, well, that, yeah, we're on the other side of the world, but trying to reach very similar things. Um, yeah, nice. So nice. This concludes today's conversation with Mother Earth, brought to you by Grounded Press. Next week's episode is interrelated with today's topic, we mentioned, I mentioned this earlier, this is the topic that is so important. We will talk about breath and health. We look forward to seeing you again. Stay tuned. <laughs>